Thank you, dear King. Holy Lord, Holy Lord, Holy Lord. Be. That's right. No place I'd rather be. Come on now. No place I'd rather be than here in your love. Here in your love. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than here in your love. Here in your love. Together. 
Oh, holy God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise and worship you, O great and mighty God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the God of glory. Thank you, dear Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. We're very glad to be in God's house this morning. And if you have a Bible, I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Isaiah. Old Testament book. I want you to know that you're welcome here. Everybody, welcome to be in God's house this morning. Take a good look at Isaiah this morning. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, let's begin with verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. I want to work for a little while on a Bible word, and I'm sure you've heard the saying, bloom where you are planted. I'd like to use the word flourish, if you will. Once again, look here in chapter 53. Notice it said in verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. When something can come up through dry ground, it's something that then is able to flourish. It's able to bloom. It's able to bud. It's, it's able to come forth and do, spread its wings, and, if, in a manner of speaking, and, and go forth. And that's, that's what this great God that we serve chose to do through the flesh of the man Christ Jesus and set a standard for his church. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. There are <clears throat> many things that are going to try to keep you from coming to God to begin with, and many things that are going to rise up in your face and uh, try to discourage you, try to turn you away from the truth of God's Word. There are spirits that will rise up through people and they will have very negative things to say. And you'll have to deal with that. It will come to affect your mind. Try to, as I said, one place in the scripture you use the terminology, evil effect. Have such a, an evil effect upon you. Okay? And then you have to deal with it. It's like, it's like uh, getting the flu. You know, something in the air. And all of a sudden you, you're having to deal with the sniffles or uh, sneezing or, you know, possibly um, some fever. Uh, different symptoms that begin that you begin to become aware of 
that is dealing uh, in your body and in your, it affects you, it affects your mind, it affects your body, and you find yourself uh, not feeling your best. Uh, and there, there are, you better know that there are evil spirits, and there are, uh, there's a lot of things that are made fun of, you know, and somehow uh, in making fun, it makes people think that you shouldn't take it for real, and you shouldn't be concerned about it, and it's just a, a silly old boogaboo type thing. But I am telling you, there, there is a real devil, uh, and he doesn't have a pitchfork, and he doesn't have horns on the end of his tail or anything else like that or up on his head. Um, they, these are all little myths that come along that, again, try to take away and, and camouflage the real reality of an evil force. Uh, the Bible teaches very plainly that there is a prince and a power of the air. Okay? There is that that permeates the environment worldwide and is setting about uh, to turn people away from the truth of the Scripture. One individual that had uh, much like a sheriff's position, a uh, place of a position of authority, and uh, the Bible said that he wanted to hear the Word of God. He wanted to hear the truth of the Scriptures. And, um, but there was somebody in his life that began to uh, try to turn him away, turn his mind away. You don't want to hear them. You don't want to be a part of what they're doing. You, you don't, come on, let's go here, let's go there, let's get away from this. And uh, the preacher had to deal with that individual. And you know, the preacher has to deal with that all the time because there are, there are real spirits that can that have people that that he controls. These spirits have people that they control, and um, they're able to get them to say things and do things uh, right at that moment when when you you as an individual might be taking a step in the right direction. Remember, it is a straight and a narrow path, and it leads to life eternal. And the Bible said it leading to the gate. Uh, and and that's that narrow and straight path that leads to the gate and and in so bringing you to that place trying to bring you to that place there's many forces that are coming against you okay trying to keep you from that and you've got to determine in your mind that you're going to flourish under the conditions that you find yourself it's not always going to be an easy situation the scripture said here in prophecy and foretelling of Jesus the Christ. That's a reference to his flesh, the days when God would show himself in the flesh, when God would provide himself a body, a tabernacle to dwell in, a temple, if you please. And so that's where your Bible said uh, that the Word in the beginning was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and that God was manifest in the flesh. And so the scripture is telling you that this word that was God, that was made flesh, when he spoke the word over Mary, and she brought forth that flesh, that babe, that child, that in that child dwelled the fullness of God's spirit, and power, and glory, and deity. And as that, the uh, much, there was much opposition to the point that Jesus, in the days of his flesh, made this statement in Matthew 16 and 16. He said that, the, he talked about the gates of hell that would come against the church, but he said it would, they would not prevail 
but there's going to be that opposition. And that word opposition is also used in, the, in, in conjunction with the word science. Science falsely so-called. What they call science and what the world uses and calls uh, science uh, to come against God. Hence you have evolution for an example. And evolution could be taught properly, but they choose not to teach it properly. They choose to teach it to get rid of God. They want to uh, somehow factor God out of the big picture that they call the Big Bang. That things just exploded one day and here you are. Imagine that. Talk about stretching your, your imagination and your faith. I'm, I'm much more comfortable believing in this one God who spoke things into existence and did things in an orderly fashion, not in a disorderly fashion. And how that God began to put things together in such a manner, in such a way that you have a computer-like brain. How great is our God, how wonderful He is, and that He hung the stars up there, and, and He put the sun and the moon, and He did all of that to give us light. And He separated the, uh, the sea from the land and gave us those two different things. And all the things that God has done that surely is innumerable, but there is a force and forces that uh, seek to turn you away. And Paul called it oppositions of science, falsely so-called. He didn't even he debunked it as not even being science. And and you know uh, there are things that are, uh, for example, evolution is nothing but a theory, and they claim it doesn't even qualify very well as a theory. And and yet they the whole idea behind it, the whole spirit. That's what I'm trying to get you to say. See the spirit behind it is to go against God. The spirit behind it is to keep you from getting to God. And in the, in the predicament that you find yourself, in the world in which we are living, and the, the uh, schools and the universities and the governments and uh, things globally, you want to realize that there has been and can, it continues to grow more and more uh, an antichrist spirit and attitude. And the scripture warned about us dealing with that, that we right now have that spirit of Antichrist is amongst us, that, that we have to live with that which is against God every day. It's in publications. It's in all kinds of media. It's in all kinds of universities and schools and teachings. It's in people's hearts. And it's going to try to keep you is going to try to keep, there are people, listen, the Bible said to beware of false prophets, that many are gone out into the land, false prophets, false teachers, saying false things. you got to realize that everything that says Jesus isn't right. Hear me when I tell you that. I well remember that we came, uh, went to a park one day when I first came into church, and we went out to hand out tracts and to sing, and one of, the, one of the girls had a squeeze box, they call it, an accordion, and that was our music out in the middle of the park. And a bunch of the guys and, uh, were all around, and we sang, and we handed out tracts, and we witnessed to people. And I remember a bunch of these people coming together in a group, and they actually began to gather together, and it took just one person, a spirit in one person, to say something negative. And pretty soon, another one, and another one, and another one. And, and people that you were positively affecting, people that were feeling good about what you were saying and what you were doing, all of a sudden, their countenance changed. You know, one minute they were clapping and rejoicing with you, and the next thing their face changed, and they got ugly, and they got hard, and they began to chant and go against what you were saying from the Word of God. Let me tell you, there are spirits out there, and they, those spirits work through 
people. They worked through systems. The Revelation talked about the beast rising up out of the sea. It's a system that would come up out of, the, out of people. It would be produced by society and by people and by countries and continents and kingdoms and kings. And you better understand that right today we are living in very prophetic times and we are seeing things that have long been hidden from the eyes of men and women are being revealed and, and to the church and through the church to help people and to educate people to what exactly is going on. And you've got to t- make up your mind that you've got a battle to fight, but you can flourish in, the, in dry ground. You can flourish in an arid, uh, hu- humid type of ground and, and environment. You can make it. You can get the truth. You can come to the knowledge of the truth. You can overcome the forces of darkness, you can overcome them. And there are those forces, I'm trying to tell you. That you don't want to uh, think of this as cartoonish and comic-like and, oh, how they like to make fun and how they like to uh, belittle and also just make light of things. But it is something to take seriously. And the Bible teaches you that we should be sober. We should be serious-minded. We should be vigilant. We should be watching out. Uh, because there are these things that are going to come against the body of Christ. The, 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 the enemy has the world in its grip, and he's pulling together all of the different uh, things of society that will aid and abet him in taking over this world and controlling the kings and the kingdoms of this world. But you know, the Bible teaches that he's going to be taken in the final analysis, and he's going to be cast down into the sides of the pit. And then the kings of, of the dead are going to stir, and they're going to rise up, and the kings and the, the famous ones of this world are going to rise up and look at him. Him who will be the Antichrist. And they will look at him and say, and they'll look at him, the Bible said, narrowly. And they're going to say, is this the man we followed? And this the one that shook the nations? Is this the one that wouldn't set free his prisoners? And oh, friend, I want you to know in the final analysis, there's that which was coming out of dry ground. There's that which nobody paid much attention to or nobody would listen to and, and rather would listen to liars and them that make a lie and love a lie. And they're going to go in the wrong direction. They're going to listen to the wrong voices and wind up in the wrong place. Rather then pay attention to what God planted and what God said in spite of difficult conditions. I'm going to bring my church up. I'm going to bring that which the gates of hell shall not be able to prevail against. And that's going to be what's going to be at the end. It will flourish. It will blossom. It will bloom. Amen. We've often said, if you want to, if you want to find out if there's a real devil, well, then you, you make an attempt to live for God. You get this Bible open and you start living your life according to chapter and verse. You let the truth that is preached, that God will send your way, you begin to give heed to that. And you're going to find out that there's a devil then. You're going to find out that there's evil spirits then because they're going to rise up and they're going to do everything they can. One man said uh, about being baptized, he said, here is water. He said, what doth hinder? (laughs) What doth hinder indeed? What is there that tries to keep you? from being baptized in Jesus' name? What is there that tries to keep you from being buried with Jesus Christ and getting rid of all of your sin, getting all of your dirt carted away by the blood of Jesus Christ? Oh, there's many a force that rises up and tries to stop that. Many a thing that tries, as one man said, he uh, was. there was a place where they took the sick or the sick went 
and it was called the pool of Bethesda, the Bible said. And while they were there, Jesus came by in the days of his flesh, and in coming by, he said to this man, he looked at this man who had been there for 38 years, and he was, he was lame, he was crippled, he was impotent, he was lacking in power. And, and uh, so Jesus said to him, will you be made whole? Because at that time, the Bible teaches that the angel of the Lord would trouble the waters of that pool. And whosoever first got into the water after it had been troubled by the angel would be healed of whatsoever disease they had. And so Jesus said, will you be healed? And, and, uh, and the, man, the man said, well, he said, every time I would. He said, you know, something gets in my way. Some, and how true that is of us in this life. We all have need of the healing hand of God. We all have, we're all, Bible said we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. I love it when I'm about to baptize somebody and, and somebody says, oh, I'm glad to hear that because he or she really needs it. And I'm like, everybody really needs it. <laughs> you know, in no sense passing the buck here and pointing at the other person. Everybody needs it. The Bible said all have sinned. And all have fallen short of God's glory. The Bible said that everybody needs to be born again off water and of the Spirit. When we're born in this world, we got a little baby to dedicate this morning, but one day that little baby's got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And it won't be a baby anymore. It'll, be a, it'll come to a child's age where it can know the difference between right and wrong. And that baby then will have grown to an age to where it's ready to be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so it matters not what age, it matters not where you come from, it matters not what your skin color is, it matters not what language you speak, or what continent or country you come from. Everybody, all are concluded unto sin. Everybody needs to be born again. Jesus said, more or less, he's teaching you from his word that you're born a sinner, you're born a loser. He said, but you can be reborn a winner. You can get a brand new lease on life here. You can get a whole brand new outlook. He wants to, how is it uh, written in the Bible? Uh, in, the, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 17, he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So first of all, we want to get in Christ. And in that taking place, how do I get in Christ? You repent of your sins. You get baptized in Jesus' name and you get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That puts you in Christ or in the church. And that taking place, then the old things that you once hung on to, now they've passed away. You don't have a desire for those things anymore. You've been born again. You're given a new chance. You can do it right this time. You can do it right this time because of His power. Not because of you, but because of Christ in you who becomes the hope of glory, the book said. That we have a hope beyond this life. We have the hope of glory. We have hope of the world to come. This is a, this is, if this is all, what did it say? If my hope is in this life only, then I am of all men or all women most miserable. But our hope goes far beyond this life. Our hope, and that's the thing you've got to do. You've got to realize that in Isaiah 26, he talked about them whose mind is stayed or whose heart is stayed on thee. That's where you probably get the song, lean on me, because stayed would mean lean. Lean on the Lord. You, put, you got your mind leaning on God. You're trusting in God. You're relying on God. 
to help you because the, the, the stacks, everything is stacked against us. And it's all, uh, the, the, everything is just built up like a mountain against us. It's something we can't get over and we can't climb it. We can't get over it. But the Bible said that the word of the Lord, if you'll listen to it and let it work in your heart, it will bring down the mountain. You hear me? It'll bring up the deep valley and it will smooth out those rough places and it will straighten out those crooked places. Let the word of God that is forever settled in heaven, let the, all scripture is given by God and you let that word of God deal with your heart. You let it teach you and you let your mind lean on that. You let your mind be stayed on that. You let your mind be glued to that. And the Word of God's going to help you in every situation. It's going to direct your paths. Okay? It's going to help you. Help you to overcome the things that trip you up. The things that turn you left and right. Just like the man. I, I would get in that water. I would do that. But every time something else happens. Every, something, somebody gets in front of me. Yes? That's right, somebody will get in front of you. I don't know if you've ever had the unpleasant experience of um, somebody rude, rudely uh, elbowing their way in front of you on a line, cutting in front of you. And uh, I've, I've had that experience. I've seen, I had an experience the other day. I was driving, and I, I made a, a U-turn, and it, it was as I was making the, no, it really wasn't a U-turn. It was more of an S-turn. But anyway, I was getting between there, and, and I was, and these people came down the, the sidewalk, and they came to the curb, and they saw me up right there. And, you know, I was about to get out of the way, right? But I was trying to be cautious because they had a stroller, and they had two kids, and they had two kids walking. And so I stopped, and I braked, and they just went right on like I didn't even exist. And I thought, well, okay then. <laughs> and I just let them go their way and get out of the way, and then I went on my way. You know, they, but, you know, I hate to tell you, when I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I might have run them over. <laughs> I wouldn't have been so polite back in the day before I got the Holy Ghost, friend. Oh, no, not at all. But I'm so glad to have the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad that my mind can be stayed on Him. I'm glad that I can rest in the Lord. I can trust the Lord. I can know that I don't have to elbow my way to the front. I don't have to run people over and be rude uh, to get to the front of anything. I'm in the church. I'm in the body of Christ. Your life gets changed. Your spirit gets changed. Your heart, your thinking gets changed to where, you know, it's like um, we made up a word one time when the when, or a phrase um, when you would try to say something and, and somebody would all of a sudden speak over you, you know, and we called them interruptory rudery. <laughs> that they would just interrupt you in a very rude manner, you know. And that was our little way of dealing with that. Well, I'm just trying to say we're living in a very interrupting and rude world. We're living in a time in which everybody, you know, wants to be a, a celebrity, right? Don't they call them selfies? Yeah. Everybody wants to be a celebrity. Everybody's taking pictures of themselves. Everybody's trying to be all that. Let me tell you, if you want to be all that, you better know what that is. And that is, I'm trying to tell you that God's got something for your life. God's got something real, not a little picture, not something fake, not something that somebody dreamed up somewhere and put in a glossy magazine that probably wasn't true anyway, just to get you to spend money. Let me tell you, there is a real experience. There is a real reality. There is something that will change your heart for the good. It's something that will put your feet and direct you on a solid path and help you to stay firm to the end. And you'll have direction. You'll have purpose. You'll know where you are going. We're living in a world where people don't know where they're going. They're running to and fro, the book says. And under, under very difficult circumstances. And it is a difficult world. It is a world that is filled with 
confusion. It is a world that is filled with gossip. It is a world that is filled with people that are warring and making war, hating and quarreling, and all kinds of negativity that goes on in this world. And when they're not doing that, then they're partying. And they're partying until they lose their minds. And they wake up the next morning, if they still can feel shame, they're ashamed of how they acted, where they went, the things that they did. And they live under clouds. Well, let me tell you, if you're going to have a silver lining, you've got to have a cloud, don't you? Well, I'm telling you there's a silver lining to whatever cloud you're living under. I'm telling you there's a God that loves you, and he wants to do a, a work in your life. Not just any work, but a supernatural work. He wants to give you an experience that came from another world. He wants to baptize you with his Holy Spirit. He wants you to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and get your sins forgiven because the blood that Jesus shed is in his name. And when we baptize you in his name, his blood washes your life clean. It's an experience all to itself of, of a cleanliness that takes over. That all the dirt and the filth is carried away. How great that is, what an experience that is to come up out of that water and your face is glowing and your face is shining and you're happy and there's something that's taking place inside, internally, that God does for an individual that nothing else can do. One place in the scripture said that after praying that Jesus his countenance was changed or was altered and that he shone in such a manner that there was nothing on earth that could compete with it. And I am telling you, this experience, no religious thing can compete with it. People get religion, they shake hands with people and they pat on the back and they pat, they get all their little phrases, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, you know, and all that junk. But they still live the same old nasty lives. They still got the same nasty words coming out. They still got the same rude attitudes about them. There's been no change. There's been no getting in Christ and old things passing away and all things because they're not given the experience they're not being taught the experience they're just getting a handshake and a card to sign they're just getting religion there's a huge difference between religion and salvation and God wants you to have salvation God wants you to have salvation he wants you to have a genuine and real experience he wants you to have something that's going to change your life. I was uh, talking with a minister. We had a beautiful uh, rally, uh, youth rally at the uh, Dolly Hand Cultural Arts Center at the college Friday night. Very, very well attended. And such a good spirit was there. And I, I thank God. I guess he casted out all the bad spirits. We just had a good time in the Holy Ghost. and We had, we had good Holy Ghost singing and good Holy Ghost preaching, good Holy Ghost blood-washed fellowship. And everybody was invited. And I... I saw a young lady come, and uh, boy, she came in with a bad spirit. She came in hard as a rock. She came in ugly. She didn't want to be there. And, and I guess she had come with her mother, I assume. And um, I, I saw her walk ahead of her mother. This girl was probably 15 or 16 years old. She had her arms folded, and her countenance was just filled with, with wrath and hatred. She was upset. And um, I didn't even go up to her. I watched her. She walked over where nobody was. She was just staring out the window. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just let, let her alone for a little bit. and We'll see what happens. Well, what happened was we, she came inside and she sat down and I sent different ones by to shake her hand and welcome her. And, and then after a while, church started and a song started and, and, and it just built up a beautiful service. And the next thing I knew, uh, it must have been an hour and a half or two hours later, this young lady was at the altar and had her hands up. And you would have seen her in the beginning. You would have said, she ain't coming nowhere near the altar. She's not going to worship God. She's, not, she, she's ugly. She's mean. She's nasty. But no, friend. And her whole countenance had changed. 
Her hands were up in the air. In that environment, that Holy Ghost environment, something flourished, something blossomed, something bloomed, something spread its wings heavenward. And man, I want you to understand something. This Spirit of God can get a hold of people. He can change people. He's, he has done it many a time. And I started to tell you, the preacher uh, that came and preached uh, the rally, Brother, <laughs> Brother Rowley, who came down to preach for us, he, um, he had a young couple that was with him and he said this young man he said he lived in our home he said he came to us from the streets the mean streets of Miami and said where he was living on the streets as just a young boy 12 and 13 years old and and he had his mom and dad had broken up and they had abandoned him and he was just living out on the street and his, he was mean and ugly and his life was miserable and criminality and everything else but you know what he came to the truth and they took him into their home and they raised him up as their son and God filled him with the Holy Ghost changed his life he got baptized in Jesus name God gave him a beautiful wife Hello, God gave him a beautiful wife, and I want you to understand something here. Our God can cause you to flourish. He can cause you to bloom where you're planted. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I got news for everybody. <laughs> I got Well, I do have news for everybody. I got the good news. I got the, the Acts 2.38, the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection. But I, I have news for everybody. Let me just tell you something. We've Right at 40 years, we've had a church here, okay? I helped build this church, and we're building the new one, church house. And, uh, but I want to tell you, it's always been a struggle. It's always. And, it, and, it, and that could be said of any preacher anywhere, that when they go into a new field and they begin to try to dig out of work, they're bringing something out of dry ground. They're bringing something up that all odds are against it and all hell is against it. And he raises up and uses as many of his people, the enemy does, as he can to keep that work from coming up out of the ground, to fight that work. And, and, but yet God, here and there, he's bringing somebody in. He's filling somebody with a hole. Somebody's getting baptized. He's, he's stabilizing a life here and a life there. And he's putting things together and he's building a congregation in an area. And so he did right here in this Tri-City area. In Belgrade, you'd be surprised the places I go. I, I I had a woman one time in a mall, and uh, I I was uh, purchasing something, and and uh, her uh, her son-in-law was the salesman, and um, she had come in to visit or something, and and uh, you know them mother-in-laws, right? Oh boy, and so well everybody's got to have one of them. Okay, so she comes in and she she asked me. He told her that I was a minister, and so um. She said, oh, where, where is your church? And I said, Belgrade. And she went, Ew. You know, that's a good thing I had the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, I think a straight right to those lips would have done real good, you know. <laughs> but I had the Holy Ghost, so I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But uh, you know what? I'm so glad that God said I didn't come to the righteous. I'm glad he said I didn't come to them that were whole. He said, I, I came to find the sinner. I came to find the sick. I came to find the downtrodden. I came to find people that need me. I came to find people that will love me. I came to find people who lift their hearts with their hands and worship me in spirit and in truth. I came to find people that they're going to be a part of that which will flourish, that which will bloom, and they'll bloom where they're planted. They won't say, oh, oh, there's no Walmart there. I can't go to church there. Or there's bad people there. Oh, I can't go there. Oh, friend, God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause this to flourish. 
cause this to bloom. You know, those are just excuses. You get the Holy Ghost. You know, I had a, there was a, an elderly preacher when I came in the church. And I got, I was very blessed to get to hear him preach before he died. And he was not a, a tall man. He was not a big man. He was very slim. And uh, he had gone to South America, Colombia, and uh, back in the day. And back in the day, that, that whole area was ruled by uh, one religious group that had come out of Rome in the beginning. And uh, not quite in the beginning, in about the third century. And um, if you didn't believe what they said and be a part of them, they would kill you. And he went down there, and he began to preach the truth. He began to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he had a wife. And while they were there, they began to put in some time. Uh, nothing happened. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. Week in and week out. Year in and year out. Nothing. Nothing. And one day, as a young man, he watched his wife die. She passed away. And uh, so... He, uh, in his heart, he had been thinking, I'm going to leave. Nobody's, nobody's getting the Holy Ghost. Nobody's getting baptized. We're not getting anywhere. I think I'm going to leave. And his wife died. And uh, he had to build the coffin himself. He had to build the coffin himself. He had to dig the hole himself. He had to do it all. And people begin to come to the funeral. It, it was outside. There was no nice building or anything. They began to come. And uh, they were standing around, and he said the Lord spoke to them and said, you're not to shed one tear, not one tear. He said, you've told these people how good I am. You've told these people how happy the Holy Ghost will make them. He said, you don't shed one tear. And so he didn't. Dug the hole, lowered the box down, covered it over, put the grave marker witness to the people, and uh, then the Lord spoke to him again, and the Lord said, now you'll stay, because you got something in the ground, now you'll stay, and he stayed, he stayed, and several years later, the Lord gave him his wife, another wife, and uh, they put in many, many, I mean, like over 40 years in that area, and he became responsible for upwards of 50,000 people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Started as a root out of dry ground. Started where the ground was cracked, if you please. And hearts were hard. And nobody wanted anything to do with the truth, the Bible. They all were part of one religion. That It gave you so much religion that well, you'd kill people if they didn't agree with you. You know, you know don't you people get down and, and do their prayers and Next thing you know, they're pulling out a knife or a gun and they're shooting and killing you. You know, old things are passed away when you get Christ in you, the hope of glory. The old fighting lifestyle, the old hateful lifestyle. Good story, a good account, I will tell you, of another preacher. <laughs> this other preacher, he was in Maine, up, up, up the east coast here at the top, just before Canada. He was in Maine. And he was, uh, had a church there. And um, one day, a woman came to the church. And she got baptized in Jesus' name. She got the Holy Ghost. Started living for God. And her husband showed up. He didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. And he brought his friend with him. 
They came to beat the preacher up. And so, the only problem is they didn't know this preacher. And when they, they got real rough and they were mouthing off in the church house and disrupting the service and things like that. And so, when service was over, they said, we want to talk to you, preacher. Said, All right, he said, come on back to my office. And so, the one guy, the husband, he came back and he stepped in the office. The other guy waited in the hallway. And so, the only thing they didn't know was that the preacher was a former prize fighter. <laughs> and when they went in the office, it was boom, 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 boom. The wall was shaking everything, you know. And then all of a sudden, the preacher opened the door and he stepped out and he looked at it and he said, and the guy said, and he ran out. <laughs> well, the preacher went to the congregation. He got in the pulpit. He told him he was resigning the church. And he was crying. He said, he said I, I did wrong. He said, I, I did wrong. He said, I, I can't be your pastor and be doing things like that. Well, they wouldn't let him resign. They wouldn't let him quit. But I'm saying, you know, old things are passed away. We don't want to revert to the old ways. And it doesn't mean that we can't make a mistake. Of course we can. Thank God for the blood. Thank God that you can tell God you're sorry and you can get things straightened out, okay? Thank God. And it don't take long, you know, to slip into the wrong gear. And that's why we've got to work on keeping this flesh under subjection, don't we? Or you could find yourself saying it wrong thinking it wrong, doing it wrong. It's a very, it's an everyday thing living for God. Sure it is. But you've got the, that first initial experience when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and when you're filled with His precious Spirit and you become that new creature and you know that the old things have passed away and you know that you don't want to live that lifestyle anymore. You don't want to live the way you used to live. You've been changed for the good. And it's a wonderful experience and a wonderful feeling. And there are absolute untold numbers. The Bible said that in Revelation, that John the Revelator, uh, in a vision, looked up and he saw a multitude around the throne of Almighty God. And, and, he, and he saw this multitude and, and the voice wrote out and said, he said to the, to the voice that spoke to him, he said, who are these people? Where did they come from? And, and you know, it came back, and he said, well, you know, you know where they come from. You know, Lord, where'd they come from? He said, these are they which came out of great tribulation. These are they that root out of dry ground. These are they that flourished in spite of very difficult situations, very adverse situations, very hard and sorrowful times. You hear me? Jesus is, is visiting this place. For my, my 40 years coming up here, He's been visiting this place more and more and more and more. And one of the great highlights for me was going down to the, to the uh, loading ramp, and we did the reach down there, and being among all those people and preaching the word up into all those little tenement houses and, and trying to bring the word of God, and some of them have come and stayed. I thank God for that. I'm telling you what, God's got a work to do among people. You know, there are people that visit Belgrade, they'll, they'll clean a yard, and they'll paint a wall, and then they're gone. They're gone back to their mansions. They're gone back to their beaches. They're gone back to their boats. They're gone back to this and that and the other. But you know that God's got something planted here. God's got something planted here. Let me tell you, he's got something that's coming up out of a dry ground. He's got something that's going to bloom. And, it, and, and it's been said, when you see a flower, or I shouldn't say a flower, but when you see the stem, and, and you see that the bud that's on there, that's already telling you, that bud is already telling you that something has been in effect for a long time. 
And then when it opens up to the flower, you get the end result of it. Well, I'm trying to tell you, God's got some signs out there, things that are showing that it's budding, friend. And, it, and that's why the devil is fighting us left and right. You won't find out there's a devil. The next thing you have to find out that uh, start li- trying to live for God, to find out there's a devil, the next thing is have a building program. And you'll find out there's a devil. Let me tell you, he'll fight it tooth and toenail as he has been. But you know what? God's given us the victory. God has always given his people the victory. And God will see his work through. He will see his work through. If we'll put one foot in front of the other, one prayer in front of the other, one service in front of the other, and continue to worship, let me tell you, you want to be a part of what God's doing. You want to be a part of it. You don't want to find yourself uh, down looking up at the ark and, and the rain starts falling. You want to be on the ark when the rain starts falling. You want to be carried away in that first resurrection. Amen. You want to be caught up unto the Lord. And everybody said amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Amen, amen, amen. So don't tell me that it's too hard. Don't tell me that it's too difficult. Don't tell God that either, because <laughs> that won't work. Because if you read Isaiah 53, and I have trouble reading it because it breaks my heart, when you think what he did, what all he did, oh God, what all that that flesh went through, Think about how he felt in the days of his flesh when the cat of nine tails was laid across his back. You know, 40 stripes. 361 lashes on his back with bits of metal and bone tearing his flesh. They said, I read an article, and you know, people put so much whoopee-doo in the passion that was made in Hollywood, and uh, they can have Hollywood. I've got the real thing. But they said that they said that the man, I don't know his name, I, back when I read the article, I, I'm sure I was thinking about it then, but I, I don't remember it now. But they said that they had put a metal, a piece of metal on his back so that when they did the scene of whipping him, that the metal would take the, you know, the pain, shall we say. And the only problem is, they said, uh, on one of the times when that guy whipped at the the end of the the cat of nine tails where the metal, jagged metal was, it got underneath that that metal on his back and it hit his skin. And they said he passed out. He just passed out. That's how bad the pain was. You know, you've got two adrenaline glands in here. They're like little jockeys sitting on top of your kidneys. And and, uh, what happens is, you either, you either fight or it's flight, one or the other. Well, he couldn't fight that, so he just, he did flight, meaning he, he passed out. That's what he did. That's what, how his body reacted, how his mind reacted, how his system reacted. And uh, they say if you're in a dentist chair and, and you have that kind of pain, you can't do anything, you, you'll probably just pass out from the, whatever pain you're enduring. So I'm saying to you that that, uh, that fellow, uh, friend, he got a little taste of what Jesus went through for real. He wasn't expecting to have that. He was expecting that this is just Hollywood. We have ways of showing it without, you know, it's fantasy. But he got a little taste of reality in the midst of that fantasy. Well, let me tell you, there's going to be some tastes of reality that are going to come into your life. There's going to be some real pain that the devil inflicts. 
There's going to be some real torment. There's going to be a little eye-opener every once in a while. And you just remember that this preacher told you that it's just a very little bit. If you think it's really bad now, then I'm telling you, you better get in the church because you don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to that place, friend, where the reality will be that it's going to be world without end pain and regret and misery. You don't want that experience at all. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on, these children are coming in. Let's stand together. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. A root out of dry ground. God brings a church up, friend. He does it. He brings it right up out of dry ground. Our God does that. And he's going to continue to do that. He's going to bring works up all over the earth. And he has. And he's going to do it until this gospel, this message, has been preached as a witness to all nations. And then, then shall the end come. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I urge you to come into the body of Christ. Repent of your sins. We will baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. We have baptized, to my knowledge, at least two people that were in wheelchairs. And we got them in the water. You're able to walk. You think about that. You can walk right up in there. Amen. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. We'll do that. Oh, yeah. I've had experiences where I, I had complications, paperwork, whatever, tax man or DMV man or down at West Palm, down, down at the courthouse. I've had complications where I had paperwork and I didn't know what I was doing. And I'd show it to some knowledgeable person and they'd say, oh, let me take it. I'll, I'll get that all fixed up for you. you know? And that's a wonderful feeling to know that you went in there with that problem and that complication and you walked out with it all solved and all taken care of. Well, you, your biggest complication if you're not born again is that you're not born again. Your biggest complication is that you've got sin or cancer, if you please, active in your life, working and destroying your spirit and wanting to drag you down to that place called hell. The Bible said, hell hath moved to meet you at his coming and hath enlarged her mouth without measure. Wake up to what's going on. There's an active pursuit for you. The enemy wants you. He's got you in sin. He's got you in blindness. He wants to keep you. <clears throat> Why the man said, I would get healed, but this happens and that happens and this one cuts in front of me and that cuts in front of me. This family member uh, got in my way. I had somebody call me this morning and said, we, we, we're going to be late to church if we even make it because uh, the phone man came to fix our phone. Of course he came on Sunday. And of course he came at church time. That's what I'm trying to tell you right there. Don't you know the enemy's out to hinder? Don't you know he's out to fight? Don't you know he's out to interrupt in a very rude manner your life? He doesn't want you to live for God. He doesn't want you to get the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want you to get baptized in Jesus' name. He's going to do everything he can to keep that from happening. But he'll let you go have religion. He'll let you go deeper into confusion. But just remember, John said and got the answer who those people were around the throne, that number that no man could number, rejoicing and singing and worshiping Jesus Christ around his throne. And said, these are they that came out of great tribulation, great hard time, great sorrow, great difficulty. You know, with great wrestlings did they wrestle. And they were able to be pulled out of the horrible pit, the miry clay, and sin and darkness. 
and brought into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. You can flourish. You can bud. You can bloom. You can blossom. You can bear much fruit. Jesus said that we're ordained to go and bring forth fruit unto eternal life. You can do it because of him who will be in you. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands. Let's worship our God this morning. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, holy God. Thank you, mighty Savior. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lord, you are Yes, you are, Lord. You're awesome. Lord, you, you are, are Lord, you are done. Lord, you are done. If it wasn't for you, it was done for you. 